Make sure your headphones are all snuggly because it's go time. Lock it in and rip the knobs off. This is KWC with John Heffern. John Heffern is the host. Kid with a Cape is the show. The comedian, John Heffern, in his habitat, inches closer and closer to the podcast mic. He doesn't migrate to it with the consistency of others in his species. Nonetheless, he, like all in the podcast world, is hoping for more subscribers. And maybe, just maybe, someone purchases his book. Hey, everybody. It's John Heffern. I'm with the comedian John Heffern. It's, you know, I have comedian John Heffern. That's my Instagram. It's comedian John Heffern. And just every day. I have to listen to Nimrods go, well, you're not a comedian if you got to have the word comedian in your Instagram handle. But yeah, you do. Because there's other John Heffrons in the world. Separates us. Um, By the way, there is a John Heffron in San Francisco who used to get emails to me. Never meant the gentleman, but he was nice enough to always forward the emails to me. And then one day, him and his dad came to my show. Both of them named John Heffron. So I kind of got a running, you know, standing order. If your name is John Heffern, you get in my shows for free. That's a thing. I'm excited about this podcast and I'm excited about things, right? It's good to get excited about things. Uh, I'm shaking this paper because this is what I wrote one of my ideas on that I know will work. It's just, it's something. It's relative on what work means, but I, but... By the way, side note, can you guess what type of paper this is? Hold on, let me shake it for you. Hold on. Guess. Did you guess? Did you guess yellow legal pad? If you did, you're correct. Did you guess small yellow legal pad? If you guess that, then that's a twofer. Did you guess Kmart? 1976 small yellow legal pad. If you did, then you got the trifecta. I think these were my mom's. I found a box of my mom's stuff and she had nothing but um, office supplies in there. And these are from Kmart and they're like perfect size to doodle. And I think I remember when she got these. I think we went to Kmart. There was a watch that had, I wanted so bad. It, it, it was, wasn't Space Invaders. It had one like missile guy and you had one button and then you would shoot the little guys that were coming down. Keep in mind, this was probably 1970 something. It couldn't have been eighties. Had to have been uh, earlier than that. And then also play the twilight zone. Uh, and I wanted to watch so bad. And then my mom got it for me, but it was on layaway, which is just torture. Cause I said, I want, I want that because you're a kid and you go, I just want that. And you expect your mom just to immediately buy things for you. Only till you get older, do you realize my, my parents were kind of broke. I was kind of an asshole for asking so much stuff. But anyway, so my mom got me the watch and then at Kmart, they put it on a shelf and back. And I remember just asking her if we could go to Kmart just to look at the watch that was on layaway. And it was a weird concept too. Remember, they'd put it off to the side and every week or whatever, you just pay money down towards it. And then when you had enough to pay for the whole thing, then they gave it to you. 
I don't think I have that in me now. I, I think we're such credit card people and you just instant gratification. I don't I don't think I could do it. That was some strong will. But the paper I'm I'm thinking, I have an idea for something and I'm excited about it. And it's not in my wheelhouse. Um I like this intro song, by the way. Uh which is always a, a thing. Cause the, the podcast, uh the interview I want to do. Uh, really, really excites me about the topic. Years ago, I wanted to do a podcast called the Tactical Shoelace Podcast, and I only talked to all my tactical and ex-military friends that they talked about, you know, the tactical mindset, how to prep your house, how to protect your house, how to protect your family, uh, prepping, go bags, just stuff like that. I've always loved talking about, and I wanted to do a podcast, but when I told people I wanted to do this tactical shoelace podcast, everybody was like, well, is that your brand? Is that your, what's your brand? Is that, are you sure that's the brands you want? What, what's your brand? What's your story? You're, you're a guru. Just what's your guru story brand? You're an influencer. I'm just seeing random stuff I see on Instagram and Twitter all the time. I don't know what my brand is. I don't know, know what. I'm almost 50 doing a fake radio show in a farmhouse. Is that a brand? How about that? What about being almost 50 and thinking you'd have your life completely dialed in, but you almost feel like you're 17 going, well, it's time to start this life. Sure hope it works out. Is that a brand? Cause that's, what's your brand? That that would be my brand. Lo, my brand is lost, lost guy at fifty with a weird virus. Is that a brand? Kind of thinking you'd have the answers more than you do at this age. Is that a is that a brand? But anyway, I'm gonna talk to my buddy Kevin. I think you're gonna get some great takeaways from this podcast. Uh, I would love your feedback afterwards. But uh, I think you should pay attention. I think th this is going to be a good one. Subject change. All right. So I'm going to call uh, my buddy Kevin Lewis, who I've known for, I don't even know now, 20, 30 years. Um, Kevin has done a lot of stuff all in the tech world. That's probably not even a correct way to do it. But I want to ask him something. Because here's my opinion, and maybe I should change the music and not have it be so upbeat. Maybe I play some music that's just a little scarier right now. Um, I kind of think, and this might be the the prepper in me, I think some things are going to pop off, okay? And I, I don't care uh, what your um, political side is, if, if right, you have every right to be far left and far right and if you're with your family at a restaurant and things start to get crazy it kind of doesn't matter who you voted for at that time uh you just want to get out of that restaurant with your family safely um i kind of think things are going to get a little, a little unstable and i've always been not not a worry wart um but you know home alone to me was a documentary and uh, I, I believe, uh, you know, you got to be somewhat prepared. And anytime I walk in public, 
I'm not overly prepared, but I'm always constantly looking at people's hands. I'm kind of getting a vibe or uh, every, every place you go into has a, a sound that's normal or a vibe and you can feel it. Just like if you're at a bar and you're having a good time, then there's a weird vibe that comes over the bar and, and right as you notice that, then somebody's fighting. I think you can kind of predict those things. So that's why I'm gonna call my buddy Kevin I want to ask him about this stuff right here. All right. Kevin, are you there? I'm here. What's going on, buddy? All right. So um, here's, here's I'm, I'm getting a little scared. I'm getting a little scared. And I think other people, um, you know, maybe aren't scared, uh, but maybe should be a little bit. I saw somebody on Twitter today, again, not getting political, but he was making fun of people who were wearing masks. And he says that he'd rather die then wear a mask and look silly. Um, you know, it's it's debatable whether he looks silly or not. But either way, I think now we're kind of getting more and more into situations where people will have more opinions and might say them out loud and will cause more ruckuses. So even if you, whoever's listening, isn't the type of person to say something out loud to somebody. Somebody else is. And then that person's going to react. And before you know it, now you're in the middle of something that you didn't have anything to do with. So that's why I wanted to talk to my buddy, Kevin. And there's 8 billion different things we can talk to him about. I'm going to try to narrow it down um, to just situational awareness when you're out in public right now, because I think that's something people should be really paying attention to right now. Am I wrong, right? That I no, do you I, understand I, what I, I'm saying? Absolutely, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Um, I think that uh, you can never be uh, too situationally aware, other than when you kick off into the uh, hyper vigilant stage, like if you have a little PTSD or something. But um, the more situationally aware you are, the less likely you're going to have difficulties, you know, out there in public. So in these times where things are concerning, right? There's a lot of concerns right now, health concerns. Um, there's a, a big divide. This is probably the most divided our country has been since, you know, before the civil war. Right. And um, so, you know, there are a lot of opinions. Uh, the far right is pushing really hard. The far left is pushing really hard. And they all got this dialogue going, uh, but they're not really taking responsibility for where this can end up, you know? So, Yes, as a responsible person, you need to just take it matters to hand, get a little prepared, and, and start being more aware. And that always starts with getting your nose out of your phone, right? right, right. So, yeah, you know, the, uh, the average text message uh, takes someone three to five seconds to return. So, obviously, we don't want to do that when we're driving and things like that. But also, you're taking yourself out of awareness for that time, you know? And, and do, you, do you think... I kind of think this now, everybody's so masked up and with hats and glasses and, and masks, like you kind of don't even know the person that's walking towards you. So I don't know if this is kind of a target rich environment for people that, you know, get jacked a little or, you know, maybe it's not again. I, I assume everybody's always going to do something to me. I don't know for those listening. I'm not over paranoid, but if, you know, if I see two Girl Scouts, uh, walking towards me with thin mints and I, I see a third one kind of off to the side. I'm wondering, okay, what's she going to do? As I'm getting the cookies, she's going to throw something around my feet and then pull me and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get knocked out. So that's kind of how I'm always thinking. 
Yeah, she's going to take the RFID reader and, and get your 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 information off your credit cards while you're while you're there. It's the new new thing the Girl Scouts are doing. <laughs> That's um, so yeah. So, so for for again, because people listening might just go, "Hey, it's the fun, lighthearted kid with a cape." But this is also a podcast within a podcast that I've always wanted. To, if you take somebody that would consider themselves mild mannered, not overly aware of their surroundings. Uh, and say, okay, the, the city is going to be overran in, uh, you know, two days, almost like the seven samurai scenario. We need to start training people who've never been trained before. Where would you start mentally to get people just kind of, you know, out of the, the sheep mindset? I, I think the biggest place, like we talked about uh, in the past, would be uh, the situational awareness, but more importantly, uh, the biggest problem we have is, is a normalcy bias, right? So there's a, a cognitive thing of normalcy bias where we, we assume that things are going to remain the same and that bad things won't happen to us. It can also be called the denial factor, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the biggest thing for most people to get over is the denial that something bad can happen to them, right? Because once you get over that, and, and even if you're you know just a curious person, you know, you're way better off than, than someone who is not aware or not thinking anything bad can happen to them, right? So that would be the place to start. First of all, realize bad things can happen to good people. And it's a lot of times just a matter of circumstance being in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? And right. and then there you are in the middle of a terrorist event or a, or a riot or, you know, something. Right. And um, so you have to start with that. Right. That, hey, things can happen. So I might want to take a little preparation, you know, um, again, situational awareness is where I start. I've been contacted a lot lately by uh, synagogues and churches and, you know, they're all wanting everybody's wanting to arm up or do all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, hey, before you go to that, why don't we just raise your overall awareness in, uh, you know, of people coming to the location? Right. So if you have greeters out front, those greeters need to be educated on how to recognize um, universal behaviors that are of someone who is could cause a problem. Right. Right. So there was that big church shooting in Texas and everybody was applauding the guy who made the long shot, which was, you know, a once in a lifetime kind of scenario. Right. But if you watch what happened up before that, they knew this guy was an issue before right. because of his the way his behavior. So the thing about behavior is there's universal human behavior. So when people are masked up and things like that, it does limit us a little bit in that we can't see uh, the face, right? Which, you know, facial expressions is one of our uh, nonverbal uh, communication methods, but it's not the main one. It can actually, it's the first place people learn how to disguise, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when your mom tells you to go kiss your aunt with the bowl, as a little kid, you know, the first thing you do is like, no, and she's right. like, don't make that face. You're going to make her feel bad. Right. right so right. everybody learns to lie with their face first. So, so yeah, it, no, I was going to say, yeah, that's something, you know, at comedy clubs, you, you see it all the time where you could tell the hecklers, you can tell the the table that comes, that walks, you know, to the door. And there's usually, you know, the one guy who's like, I want to sit up front. 
I'm like, I hope he doesn't heckle me. That's usually the last guy that you want sitting anywhere close to the front stage because they've already called out. You can kind of predict them, you know, hands down. Although I've been wrong, by the way, eight billion yeah. times. I've seen no no yeah. sleeve biker guy going, that table's gonna be trouble. And the the teachers from Ohio who've had Vicodin and wine were the ones that were actually the worst, you know? Uh, right, so right. so I've learned that I'm kind of horrible about predicting that so um well, a lot of us are because we we have certain biases right we we look at the guy who's dressed like a biker and we go oh that's a one percenter he could be a problem in my experience as long as you treat people with respect in that scenario they're usually fine to deal with it's like you said the entitled folks right. that show up that are usually the problem you know yeah i always found just um you know at comedy clubs usually i you it, Hecklers are, of course, you know, I miss the being at a comedy club with heckler days. So I'm reminiscing right, about right. this more than complaining <laughs> about hecklers, by the way, everybody. Uh, but it's yeah. usually they fall in the same ga category. They're usually a, a you know, 20 something -y, uh, person who I always kind of consider they have nothing to lose because they have nothing to lose because they kind of right. don't have anything. Right. They're in college, limited income, maybe even living at home. They're out boozing, right? So so there's a, a fearlessness of that age group. And then there's also the 50-something-year-old guy who's got a lot of design on the cufflinks of his, of his shirt that he got at that airport shopping center. Uh, who's, you know, who's 50-something, you know, gray spike hair and has a little bit of cash equally feels that he's uh, he's you know superman because nobody can touch him because he's the do you know who i know do you know how much money i have do you know my brother you see ever see that attorney on on tv that's my you know i i know the yeah, figures yeah. like he's that guy right so equally yeah. they're equally so anyway um what yeah, we I have call those guys i call those guys mr la they come in they got the the shades the porsche the suit you know the armani and the, and the fancy watch and you can't tell them anything right yeah but and they want everything for nothing uh, and and by the way uh, kevin's done personal security for every i don't know say crazy super famous i mean I, you probably don't want to put the word crazy i didn't mean crazy whatever <laughs> but you probably agree with me man that, that guy was a little bit um so people always talk about situ situation awareness when you walk into you know, walk into a place, but I don't know if a lot of people like you just hear that as a term. Um, yeah, but I kind yeah. I kind of old don't know what it means. Yeah, you know? I, I old west it when I go to a restaurant, I like to sit facing the door so I can kind of see I don't like my back to a lot of people. It's kind of old westy so nobody can come up. But um, again, it's a fine line between being overly paranoid and just enjoying your life, but not so I what are the the different stages of situation awareness? I guess we'll work work well, backward. If I if yeah, I walk I mean, into if if I have me a uh, wife or you know wife with a stroller and uh you know a uh, with a six year old and you walk into any place, what kind of should right. be going through those people's mind? With well, as as with everything, you you want to try and have a baseline to work from, right? So base the baselining process is the very first process in situational awareness, and and it's people use it every day. It's how we predict behavior. Um, if I was to ask you uh, when you were in L.A., right, you're driving on the freeway at at 9 a.m. What's the baseline for 9 a.m. freeway traffic in L.A.? Uh, completely bumper to bumper, people going to work. Um, 
Is that what you mean? Yeah. And what type of vehicles would you think they'd be driving? Oh, that that early? There'd be well, there'd be a lot of Uber, those those uh, whatever they think. But I, I, you know, a lot of Mercedes, a lot, a lot of nice cars in in LA, kind of by that area. Yeah, right. Yeah, LA is pretty car snobbish, so <laughs> you get a lot of different cars. But how, why I bring this up was because I was I was working with an A list client, and we're driving through Beverly Hills really early one morning to go to the set, and um, and the first thing he says, like, wow, you know what I recognize right now is that there's no fancy cars on the road. Right. Everybody's driving Toyotas and Hondas and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, you know why that is? I go, what you recognize is baseline. You know, 7 a.m. baseline on Sunset Boulevard is really different than 11 a.m. baseline in Sunset Boulevard. Right. right? So you're not, you're not going to see a Ferrari unless they're coming home from an all-nighter. <laughs> right, right, right. Right? right. You see people going to work. Right. right? And so you use that to predict what's going on. It's the same when we walk in somewhere. I want to establish what baseline is. And you talked about this earlier, but when I walk into a place, there's a vibe. Nightclubs have it. Uh, comedy clubs have it. You walk in and you go, what's the overall atmospherics of this location? Meaning, you know, what is it like? What's the vibe? How do I feel? Am I comfortable? Am I uncomfortable? Does it look like it's a safe environment? Is it unsafe? Is it clean? Do the, are the employees friendly? If they're friendly, the place is clean, it's upbeat, you got a good vibe, that would be a positive atmospheric. So what we would you know, what kind of behavior would we expect from people in a in a positive environment? Right. We would expect them to be comfortable. Right. Right? Yeah, because it's cool. That's why we go to places. Oh, this place got a great vibe. That's why I go there. Right? That that would you be so if, and- if you're just I guess to give perspective, if you're at some wine bar in of course, I'm going to do a Sade reference, and they're just playing Sade, yeah. but somebody's really, really talking loud, really using their hands when they're talking. That would be, that would spot like, man, that's not how you act in this scenario. That's not a yeah, normal. Yeah, it, yeah sh- what it might do is give you an alert, like, here's a person I may have to pay a little more attention to, right? Right. Or what we call a person of interest. This would be a person of interest, right? Because they're not acting in the norm. Everybody else is chilling out, drinking their wine, chatting, laughing, having fun, comfortable behavior. And now you got, uh, you know, the guy being aggressive or whatever it is. And, you know, he's showing this high dominance and that's not something you would normally see in that environment. Right. Right. So, so that's, that's it. I find baseline. You can use baseline for anything, you know, uh, car guys, you're, you're a little bit of a car guy, right? A little. Yeah. So if, if I ask a car guy, What's baseline for your car? They're going to go, oh, you know, at you know, 55 miles an hour, it's running at X amount of RPMs. The oil pressure is here. The tire pressure is there. You know, they have a baseline for their vehicle. You can tell when something isn't right. You know, that's, that's the same process. You know, your dog, your dog can't talk, but you can tell when your dog's, you know, how your dog is feeling based on their behavior. What, um, and I guess we can circle back around, but, or maybe the same. Yep. I know a, a lot of people that do delivery to, and r- right now that's everybody, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. job is delivery service of some type, right? whether it's mm-hmm. shipped or Uber Eats or whatever. So now you have a lot of people going to strangers' houses, right? So 
maybe for some of those people listening, is there like like how would you apply your situation situational awareness to that scenario? Which is you know a lot of people dropping stuff, you know, dropping things off on people's porches right now, and I I that would scare me. I don't know the people who live in the house. I just always think of. You know the? Can you help me move the couch in the van? And next thing yeah. you know, it puts lotion in the back. I'm I'm constantly yeah, scared yeah. of that, right? But <laughs> yeah. what would you yeah. tell somebody who is like pulls in front of somebody's house, has a handful of groceries, um, and is walking to a stranger's house? Well, you know, the first thing is uh, I'm going to look at a. Did I order groceries? So if they're coming to my house, I'm gonna be like, hey, if if I didn't order groceries, someone showing up would be out of baseline, right? right. But if I did that person's coming and what's the condition of their vehicle? Do they look comfortable? Do they look uncomfortable? If you see somebody making a 360 degree scan around them, like, you know, he's looking all around and it's not like I'm looking for the numbers on the house. This might be an indicator because there's only two types of people that have 360 degree awareness, meaning they're looking all around them. Um, that would be someone in the military or law enforcement or someone who is situationally aware, has some training and criminals. That's it. But would right? you, if, if you were the, I don't, I don't know if you're going to swing around to, if you're the person in the car dropping off stuff, but is it oh. like, yeah, if you were so, but if you're the person in the car and you pull up, right. And you're going to drop yeah. something, you're going to door dash and drop something off and you're kind of looking around, I like. What does that person yeah. do if they're approaching a house that they've never been and they want to drop off groceries, I guess? Because I, I, I know a lot of people that, like, that do that. Yeah. So the, the thing is to look, to look at the environment, and, you know, and it's the same thing. What's the atmospheric to the front of the house? Are, is it clean or do they have like five broken down vehicles in the car? You know, like, you know, I grew up in Alaska. So if you came up on a house that had five broken down vehicles in it, you're like, oh, they're Alaskans. Right. But otherwise, in other places, um, they, you know, people don't necessarily do that. So is the large yard manicured? Is it well lit? You know, what's, what's all that that's around there? What's the atmosphere to the overall neighborhood? Are people checking you as you start to walk in? Like, Hey, you're not from here. What are you doing here? Right. Right. This is in, in, in more, uh, you know, neighborhoods that are, are not so nice. You're going to get checked if you're just wandering the street, right? Because right? the, the local folks there are going to be like, who the hell are you and why are you here? Gotcha. Whereas you go into a nice neighborhood, it could be the same thing with the nosy neighbor, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, having a nosy neighbor is actually a good thing because they're the ones that are always getting all the dirt on everybody, you know, around you. But the basics are, what's it like? What's the right there? Is it, is it do you feel comfortable or do you not feel comfortable? Because this really what this comes down to is our ability to be able to adapt to what's happening, but more importantly, your feelings are right. We have a survival mechanism that's evolved over the last, what, 250,000 years or something? Right. It takes one, one chance, you know, your, your genetics can't change one-tenth of one percent in 250,000 years. So you're still running around with hunter-gatherers survival mechanisms, but we just don't listen to it. Sticking with that, uh, you, you know how my brain works, how it bounces all over. Mm-hmm. I have all these notes mm-hmm. that I've looked down, and we're, now we're about delivering uh, 
food to people's porches, but I'll stick there. What can what can somebody do if they're walking? So they have that job. They go, they look around the yard, everything looks good. Maybe the house, you know, needs a little bit of mowing, but they have to drop off. Is is there besides just obviously not being on your phone, keeping your head up, is is there stuff that they can well, do so sure. they're less grabbable? I guess. I mean, in yeah, getting into, I mean, well, take problem, getting yeah. into how to throw a punch yeah. and, and, and plucking and what to do if you get in a headlock. That's besides all that, you know, and no, carrying a weapon all, and a knife yeah. and, you know, me, tactical yeah. pens. Right. Yeah. Before all that, <laughs> you know, you have some things that are with you all the time. And that is, that is your confidence and how you carry yourself or what we call presence. So as, as an EP agent, I have the exact same uh, authority as a civilian. Right. But I still have to get people to move and do things for my, you know, stay away from my client and doing all this stuff. And 99.9% of my time is spent with either verbal, verbal uh, direction or de-escalation and presence. It's how you carry yourself. Right. Because predators of any type, human or otherwise, are looking to attack someone who's weaker. So it's really a confidence factor. Right. Right. And then you'd listen to your body. If your body tells you, hey, man, this ain't safe, just call the guy and like, hey, your groceries are here. Come on out and get them. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So I guess or so. Set it, them, I'm setting them on the porch. Have a nice day. So know? I think that's, and obviously there, there's books that I've read, although I haven't read it in a long time, and I just talked about it um, a couple of days ago, was The Gift of Fear. Yeah, um, great one. Where, great book. Everybody where, should read that book. Where now it's a weird thing because – if you, um, you know, if you get a feeling, then you kind of have a second thought where we go, well, am I being, am, am I uh, profiling by being afraid in this scenario? Right. So, so then, we, you, we, that, we, 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 yeah, we are profiling, but we're using behavior and that's different than like racial profiling. Right. Obviously that's not okay. And it's actually not accurate. Right. So right. we use behavior. So what, is, what behaviors are going on or what is the atmospherics of the location? That's going to tell you more without any bias, right? Um, the thing about situational awareness is, is you've got to remove bias because bias screws you up, right? It makes you less accurate. Right. Uh, I, I, I've probably told you this story, but I'll re retell that one time that I had all of something like this happen. I was in Philly and I was, uh, I was walking back from the comedy club to the hotel, maybe five or six blocks. Um, some homeless guys here, there. And then you you had a huge, maybe two blocks of no houses or no brownstones, whatever they are, just alleys uh -huh. and dumpsters is kind of yeah. this this thing. If you're going to do a music video from the 80s, it would have yeah. been a perfect place. There's smoke <laughs> coming from the, you know, from the, the ground, you know, would have been a great white snake one. So I'm walking and right. it's, it's pretty late at, at night. Um, two guys are walking across the street and I'm, I'm on one side, they're on the other. There's nothing yeah. on my side. They, they kind of look at me. I kind of look at them. And Kevin knows this about me. And if, again, if you're a new listener, I always have the, I have a, a tactical pen on me. I never not have one. They're the greatest things. I can't even just, um, it has a point on it that you can break uh, a window with, but the point's sharp enough though, that it, you can stick it in somebody. It's not, it's not going to be, you know, a super thin 
slice, but it's just, you can, <laughs> yeah. you can hold it. Like if you, if you imagine if you're just listening to this at home, or if you took it, take a pencil and put it in your hand and put your thumb at the top, you can see how that, that pen or pencil gets covered up mostly by your hand. And I've messed with this thing so much. I can literally hide it in my hand, have it going halfway down my cuff of my, you know, of my shirt. And then I can cross my arms and walk like I'm cold, but I have this thing already out. And there's been a lot of times where I've just walked with it. And it's just enough yeah. if somebody grabs me, I just give it a little pleep, pleep, um, and then yeah. I take off running. So it's it's stab right. and then sprint. Not I'm not going to sit there and, and, you know. You're not going to go full Joe Pesci on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah I, okay. so I had this thing out, and then the two guys crossed the street, uh, and there was no reason for them to cross the street. So then I... Right. Cross the I I crossed to where they were and continued to keep walking because I'm about a block away and then there's some bars and and stuff like that. I just want to get past this weird little no man's land that I'm at. So I right. I walk. They cross. They cross back over to me, right? So they cross back over yeah. me and now they're walking towards me, and Which I'm would just not be normal behavior. <laughs> by the way yeah now they're okay. ta now they're tailing me at this point now right <laughs> yeah, there they're yeah. they're stalking yeah. or they're circling me so and i had so many thoughts whipping through my head one is i've probably spent eight billion dollars on fitness equipment 700 trillion dollars on personal training and right. <laughs> another $400 billion on some type of martial arts class right if, if, if right. i get killed in one punch or one stab, all my friends are going to, they'll be, the first thought hopefully would be they were sad about it, but then the second thought would be, boy, he wasted all that money. Like, boy, he didn't even right. know, right? He didn't right. He didn't even know how to, like, what, so I, I had all that going in my head, and the two guys were walking towards me, and I, I'm watching their hands now, because I think yeah. maybe even I learned that from you, but, but I see their hands. So right. my theory was if their hands disappeared, then that's when they're going to grab something that they're going to use right. to kill me. If, if I see their hands, there's no, there was nothing in both hands, but they were walking towards right. me. I had a moment of thinking I could cross the street again and just sprint. I could have just r literally ran. Ran across yeah. the street, spent. They probably would have yelled, called me a pussy, or just laughed, or said, "Oh, what? He's yeah. he's racist. He thought we we're going to do something." I could, but I I talked myself out of that, which ended up being okay. But I don't know if that was, you know, running's always an option, right? Because yeah, yeah, I always call it like you know, you can you can resort to gun fu or run it, hey, you know, it's one of those two words. Run well too. So, <laughs> so I'm walking, and now my heart is just pounding out of my chest. And they're pretty much in front of me. Not enough for somebody to swing on me. Uh, right? Because I, and here's what I did. Out of sheer fear. Sheer fear. Uh, I, I had an older, I don't know when this was. So my iPhone had one ear earpiece. It was a black, uh, you know, thing you plugged your phone in. I had it up through my hoodie in just one, one ear. It almost looked like those things, like security guys wear. Yeah, like you know, surveillance kit. Yeah, yeah, surveillance. Right. I I literally touch my ear and with my hand, and I learned this at a side note from Boss Rutten. Uh, side note: Boss Rutten, who's awesome MMA fighter. Just just look him up. He was El Wapo. Yeah. yeah, he was fighting once, and a guy, Boss, got knocked down, and the guy was going to jump on top of him, 
boss puts out his hand like stop and waves his hand and the guy just from that verbal cue literally stopped like he was about to jump but got the wait a minute mr postman hand stop and that was just enough of a pattern interrupt to to mess up the guy long enough for bosses to stand up right so yeah, yeah and so what you're talking about is that pattern interrupt you're interrupting his ooda loop observe orient decide act so you're you're interrupting their uh thing because what we're talking about is an attack cycle right so if someone is going to attack they're in the attack cycle because the bad guy gets to choose time, place, weapons, how many people are involved, and location, you're, you have to catch up the OODA loop. And what you talked there was pattern interrupt, which is a great tool uh, to use in a situation like that. It can be something as simple as asking a question, yeah. you know, you, you disrupt them. Uh, fighters do it by moving. You know, there's movement. Movement is life, right? So all I got to do is you know take a step a different direction now they have to adjust and now i got them reacting to me so, um yeah so there you go. this is so on a, another side note the pattern interrupt i guess i have a buddy my buddy andy who who used to fight yeah. mma and he'd always because he was into this neuro-linguistic programming what happened is when right. he was fighting somebody and the guy would clinch his neck and was maybe holding yeah. him so the guy could throw a knee andy would ask the guy a question in your head because your brain cannot not answer a question. If somebody gives right, you a question, right. even if you don't say it out loud, your brain will search for the answer regardless. So he'd always right. whisper weird shit in their head. He'd like go, have you seen my cats? And like, so the yeah. guy just went from, I'm going to take my, my knee, I'm going to put it in his rib cage to, I don't, I don't know. Do you have cats? Why are we talking about your cats right now? <laughs> right. So yeah, like, exactly. so yeah, I the did, more, the more bizarre the question, the better too, because it really spins people for a second. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. So what, so the guy's got not arm's length for me. Now, if he would have pulled out a knife or, or anything like that. And I, I waved them off with one hand. I touched my right ear and this is, I, I, I remember doing this five minutes after I did it. So my body was on sheer fear mode at this point, by the way, mm -hmm. this was not right. Yeah. I just did it just to, uh, and, and yeah. And I go, hold on. I go, no, they're fine. I go, fellas, not, not a good time to be here. They're leaving. No, we're good. We're good. Just stay on them. And they were, they were confused. They stared at me. They're like, is he a cop? Why is he, <laughs> yeah. why is he talking? Yeah. I go, I got, you got eyes on him. I'm good. You guys just go, man. Uh, you're not. Nobody needs to deal with what I have to deal with. And they were just confused enough where they like looked at each other, and then I just then started walking, and then they walked, and then I saw them looking back, and I saw them looking up at the at the windows. I just confused them. They just, you know, I have <laughs> yeah. a short hair. They're like, he's a, he's he's a white cop trying to buy coke or something. Yeah, like, and he just <laughs> exactly. left me alone. It was out of sh yeah. sheer fear. So that's why I'm going to start a self defense thing where it's just earpieces. All you do is you just put yeah. earpieces on and you pretend you're an undercover something. And, yeah, act like you know what you're doing. Or or yeah. those wrestler cauliflower ears, like fake ones. So just somebody yeah. verbally some, sees get you. Get some Randy Couture's on. <laughs> and, you just, <laughs> and you just go. But um, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know how we got on to my long ass thing. <laughs> so so, so uh, situation awareness, people paying yeah. attention to the surrounding acting like they have confidence um this all yep. seems like super super easy stuff to do but I, like a lot of people don't don't apply it um walking up to somebody's house kind of looking around if you get the you know if you kind of your spider senses tingle cut and run yeah. throw the bags down go yeah. 
Um, yeah. Like, yeah, you or always you can just set them down and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> don't break, yeah, don't yeah. Break the yeah, you right. still want a tip at the end of the day. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I know I ran out crying, but I'm gonna get five stars, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Always leave your what? Always leave yourself an out. Like that's I'm pretty big on. Even if I'm talking in a group after a show. Uh, uh, remember that those days when you went to a show and there's a group yeah. that you talked to, um, yeah. you're allowed to, you're allowed to be in a group. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever get, you know, if you're the main person talking in a group, it's easy for a circle to kind of happen around you. And I'm kind of sketchy yeah. about that. I always kind of stay on the outside. Yeah. I never let, I've had guys after shows just, you know, you're talking and, I I can know three times where I've gotten lifted off the ground. Some drunk guy just grabs me and takes me right, up into the air yeah. for for no reason at all. Um, yeah, drunk guys love that lifting thing, and they also love the, the shaking the hand and trying to squash your hand off thing. You know, <laughs> and for whatever reason, uh, show their dominance or whatever. But yeah, so, so there's nothing wrong with so that's another signal of someone um, who. So a lot of times criminals will do that. They'll put their back to the building. Uh, or something like that, and then look for a target, right? And the reason they do that is that it's a, a, to prevent an adversary's advantage, right? So there's no reason you can't use that for your own favor. Like I find a spot where I can stand, like I've had to do this all, basically all over the world, is I'm there with a client, client wants me to be low profile, right? As I'm standing there in all black tactical gear or something, right, you know, right, right, wearing right. a suit, Right. And, uh, and so they were like, you know, Hey, you know, I want you to be low profile. So I would have to stand somewhere where I could see everything and, 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 you know, or be surrounded with a lot of people with my client right there and make sure that no one does anything to them. Right. So it's, I'm always looking at hands. I'm looking at eyes to see the intent and I'm looking at waistbands to see if there's any bulges or anything like that. Right. So, you know, you want to know if someone's around you and they're armed, you know? Right. So there's nothing wrong with putting yourself in a position of advantage. We should always be looking to uh, stack the deck in our favor. And we do that by, you know, doing some preparedness. Like, you know, before you go to the next comedy store or whatever, comedy club, um, you do a little bit of research, you know, uh, where's my hotel at? Where's the club at? Uh, you know, there's all kinds of apps now, Citizen App and all these different apps that tell you about crime in the area, crime reports, all that kind of stuff. You can look it up and like, hey, is this a safe place? Maybe I should Uber, right? Or maybe I should uh, get someone to walk with me, right? Especially for the, like the female comedians that I've worked with. That's what I tell them. I'm like, look, it's no shame in having someone uh, that you trust because there's strength in numbers, right? Yeah. You're less likely to be attacked if there's, two or three of you, then there's by yourself, you know? And uh, going back to uh, what we were talking about a second ago with the script in your head, I always, I don't know where I read this, um, but usually bad guys have the scenario already played out in their head. Yeah, if yeah, they, they, they planned that. They planned it. I'm going to do this to you no matter what it is. I'm going to, and then that person's going to be like, oh, don't hurt me. And that's me. That's how I talk when I don't want people yeah, to hurt. I'm not I, making then I'm going to get yes, their money and yeah. I'm going to go spend it, you know. And yeah, then, yeah. so, but what you do by acting not how they planned, you threw off their entire script. Like they, right. they, they have it. They're not good improvisers. So they have it a script. You say this, I do this, and then we're all day. You have a total freak out where, you know, you think something is about to happen to you and you start, 
you know, thinking, Rob is my favorite person on Survivor. And you just start freaking out. They're going to be like, I don't know why I'm talking about Survivor uh, right now in the middle of a parking lot. I'm going to leave. So I'm a big believer in pattern yeah, interrupts I mean, no, to change yeah, people's yeah. mind frame. And you can do it by asking really weird questions or just have some weird tick. And it, it throws, I used to do it at, when I go to McDonald's, you know how uh, like people start, they'd work and you're their 800 uh, order. I was always worried that they're not going to listen to me. So I'd always ask yeah. a question before I ordered to snap their brain out of that uh, uh, hypnosis that they're in. So I'd always go, do you guys have showers? And they would always look at me and go, what the, f no, we don't have, there's no showers here. And then I go, I'll take a hamburger, ketchup only, please, large fry. And then I would usually do, like, do my order. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. too, um, you know, uh, going back to, I, I guess, what we originally talked about right now, how do you do the baseline? The, you know, me being in Michigan in this old uh, farmhouse, Michigan's uh -huh. getting a lot of rep for people who need uh, M16s to go to Subway restaurant, which I've yeah, never, right. those people who work at Subway are so friendly. I've never had to pull out my tactical pen once on anybody who's well, worked yeah. at, at a Subway. But now baselines yeah. are weird because you will go into a place, uh, depending on where you live in, in the country, where people yeah. might be all armed up like that. So now your brain is yeah, like, yeah. well, wait a minute. Now that guy gets to walk around with his gun like that and he's how, how yeah. do you predict predict or do you just what's our term we always use if it's pre if it's predictable it's preventable and you just kind of yeah. go you know what it's yeah. those are hot zones i'm probably not going to be and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna minimize the risk and not be there yeah i mean we we should all be risk averse right so if a place is a high-risk environment, um, you know, like uh, bars are a high-risk environment. A lot of shit goes down in bars. Right. Uh, Walmart parking lot, Costco parking lot, both of those are high-risk environments. Right, right. Because if you, if you want to look at where all the bad stuff happens, that's the place, right? So, um, so the thing to do is, is, is start, like you said, predict, have a little plan, and, and work to um, – what am I thinking here? Um, work to – you know, give yourself a level of confidence and see what's going on. So we started with this location. We're looking at baseline at, you know, you can baseline a person and that's different than a location, but you know, you're out, you know, if, if you're going to a town and you've been there a couple of times, what you, you know, what normal behavior is because we all know what happens when the crazy guy's walking down the street and you're like, mm, that's not normal. Right. Or I used to deal with a lot of 5150s. It's a, it's a term for uh, someone who's been put on a, a mental health hold here right. in California. And usually they start off, they present really well. They'll come walking up. They may be clean dressed. You know, they don't meet all the standards, right, that you normally do for someone who's schizophrenic or something. And then they come walking up to you. And, you, you know, I just treat everybody with respect. And I always uh, say hi, I'm engaging, right? Hey, how are you doing today? How can I help you? Right? Kind of a thing. We call it a customer service contact in the business, but I'm making a customer service contact. Really, I'm trying to find out what this person's doing, right? Um, and, and I just start asking them questions and talking to them. And, you know, usually by the third one, they start talking about some three-letter organization or, right. you know, uh, my favorite one, uh, that I had at a house I was working at 
is uh, her name was, um, I'm like, hi, what's your name? She's like, my name is the Virgin Mary Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. How can <laughs> I help you? Well, you're in my house. I'm like, well, that's odd because I work here and this is my client's house. And I'm pretty sure you're, it's not your house anymore. Maybe it was at one time, but you know, this is going, you know, this is my client's house. Right. And we just start down that road, you know? Customers but once are... I establish that they're not, you know, they've got contaminated thinking, then I treat them a little differently. I'm going to, I do what's called the 5150 walk. I start walking and engaging with them. And they usually, because they like an audience, they come with me, right? And I <laughs> get them off the property. <laughs> you know, they're off the property. And then I switch the script, right? Then I'm like, okay, it's time for you to go. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, uh... but, but for yourself, you, you want to engage in this baselining process um, and just listen to your body, look at people, what's normal in your area. I mean, look, when I grew up in Alaska, it's kind of like rural Michigan, right? right? And you could wear a flannel shirt in the most expensive restaurant, right? But if you did that in LA, that would be out of baseline, right? right? So baseline is specific to the location, the time of day, the time, the, the place, you know, all that stuff. So would it be baseline for like, you know, two vehicles come rolling up into your yard? That would be suspect, right? Out of nowhere. Right. Right. Um, so I'd be like, wait a minute. I didn't order anything. Yeah. <laughs> Why and are four guys getting out? <laughs> yeah. They're not social distancing. Here's what I want to talk yeah. about. Uh, Next time, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Okay. I want to talk about what to do. I'm gonna list random stuff. I want to talk about what to do if you're at some place and things get get crazy. I kind of think that people should have some type of plan that's somewhat mentally rehearsed um, in their head for when it goes down. The parents know who's grabbing what kid and where to go and, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that that's a thing. I, I want to in your home. You should have that. Point. Yeah, I want to. I want to uh, talk to you again about how to secure your house. What to do if you're laying in bed and you hear glass break downstairs? That just that thing. Um, mm -hmm. I want then. I want to talk with you at another time about. Let's just talk weapons. We'll have a weapons yeah. talk. Um, okay. You know, are ninjas throwing stars? Are they good, or should I just keep my smoke bombs that I throw and then I disappear? That's all stuff. <laughs> right, right. We, right. we can talk. Uh, th there's so much more that um, we can cover. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I might have a theme for the next couple podcasts. I think uh, this might be my reoccurring thing because that's where my head well, is yeah. mentally. Yeah, I would just say that the, the best thing to remember is hope isn't a strategy, right? So – uh, like you said, predictability equals preventability. If we know something is predictable, we can do things to prevent it. And that's all about preparation. Executive protection is all about preparation. So we can talk about that, like, you know, uh, how to protect your family with simple things like preparedness, right? Right. Like do a little bit of research. You know, know where you're going, that kind of stuff. Also, know? I and also something people don't do anymore. You have so many tools now that we didn't have, you know, years ago. You know? Yeah, the house one's going to be a big. The, I, have so, I have so many questions about uh, fortifying a house, and and there's there's cheap ways to do it, and then there's electronic ways and stuff like that. Yeah. And also, and um, whenever we talk again, um, and if you're listening to this podcast, feel free to hit me up on wherever you hit me up. 
is actually online stuff. Uh, we both know somebody. I actually recommended somebody to talk to you because they were going through yep. a situation where somebody was getting kind of sh way shitty online. There, there's shitty people online, and then this this person kind of took it a little step, and then Kevin had to come in. But that probably happens yeah. a lot to a lot of people. Um, and yeah, I know I this mean, particular probably, person was was yeah. pretty thrown back about it, but it, it got taken care of. But maybe there's ways uh, we can tell people, you know, it's scale it down or if that's happening in their life, just so you don't, you know, feel so yeah, freaked out about the, the cyberbully stuff. Recourse and uh, there's, there's things that you can do to prevent people from being able to be like that. There's normal trolling and then there's stalking and, you know, anywhere between 65% and 75% of women are going to deal with a stalker at some point in their life. So, you know, that happens to be one of my little specialties, but um, having dealt with all the uh, celebrities, you know, so it's, um, yeah. So the, and then that's a, things you can do to, to, to cleanse your, your uh, electronic, you know, background, you know, that people can find and, and uh, yeah, that'd you know, be stalking used to be something where people had to really work. Now they just go online. Yeah. I had a, a stalker. <laughs> yeah. I even hate bringing it up. I mean, it was, uh, I had a stalker, had to go to court. <sighs> I'm not even getting into it. Just, I don't want to poke any yeah. oh, sleeping bears, but I had all yeah. this, this stuff. <laughs> and the judge here in Michigan, this went back when I did radio, he literally, I don't know if he said these words, but but he's, he called me a pussy and he said, <laughs> And he said, I'm a guy, handle it to this yeah. day. That's what he said. And, and this, yeah, and you, so, you won't find that as much anymore because, right. you know. But it was like, so what know, does that mean? Like, I'm not allowed to, yeah. like, I don't even understand that. And he threw my, you know, he threw my uh, whatever away. And this person was saying that, you yeah. know, we house shop together and, and bringing me dolls, yeah. clothes, <laughs> leaving it in front of my car. Like yeah. scary, like scary stuff. I don't care if you're a guy or girl, does it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it's still, it's still scary. Yeah. It shouldn't happen. Uh, yeah. That's when I learned how, ugh, how horrible stalking laws are and how they yeah, kind yeah. of, it, that's a whole nother thing. So we'll talk about, oh, we have so much to talk about. My, yeah, my yeah, podcast yeah. is supposed yeah. to be lighthearted and fun, but yet I still, I like talking <laughs> about this stuff more for some reason. I wonder if I'm going right. through a change. Um, also, yeah, Kevin also maybe. does uh, third-party protection. Uh, we talk more about where Kevin works. He does a lot of certification and a lot of cool training. Um, maybe that's even something we can, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Talk yeah, about yeah. here at Covered Six. We do a lot to uh, help veterans transition into the security field and cyber executive protection and physical security yeah what we do all right kev well stay safe in um california right. and me in michigan i'm going to i'm gonna get me my rocket launcher i'm gonna go up to mcdonald's because it's my right if i want to use it i don't know why i'm talking like that well, yeah um, I, I don't look you know i i hate the open i i know it's every, people's right and i don't that's fine you want to exercise your right i just think it's a bad tactic you know, right, because Kevin, you know. I know I was about to let go, but here's, I always think of you in all these scenarios, right? Again, I get people, well, you're just, a, you don't know how much I, I'm a gun guy, but here's what I think. If you're a gun guy, you also don't want to tell everybody that you're a gun guy. I'm, I'm more of the secret prepper where, yeah. where I think I, you know, but. I think I bought some tactical bags that look very military y, right? And if you wear yeah. 5.11 is a clothing brand, I know what those pants look like. I know what that 
concealed carry shirts look like because I have all those magazines, right? So I can yeah, guess yeah. a guy who has a gun on him just kind yeah. of with, the, if he's got, you know, anything with 511 on it, that's not... And I remember putting stuff and you told me, you're like, don't, don't use those tactical bags, throw all your stuff in a Hello Kitty backpack because you're the first guy. If I'm a bad guy and I walk into a room, I'm going to look at the guy who's probably has a weapon and that's the guy I'm going to deal with first. If I was there to, you know, to be a bad guy. So right. there, there you right. go. All right, yeah. Kev. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. Good talking to you. All right. Talk take care. If you want to learn more about what Kevin does, the programs he offers, the various courses and classes, even what Kevin does one-on-one uh, -on -one as far as training and uh, help, you can check out covered6.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-E-D, the number 6.com. Hey, have I mentioned I have a book? I do. I have a spy book that I worked on, okay? I have no idea why I'm talking in this tone. Nobody likes that tone. Anyway, if you're on Amazon, which you probably are, go there and just please get my book. I'm also on Cameo. Just go Cameo slash John Heffron and I'm there. Listen, we all got our hustle on. Why figure out what's going on in life? Comedy clubs are actually starting to open back up. I have some dates starting in July, August. I got to have to make a personal decision on some of those. Um, stay safe, and I will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.